0: today's the day. I know, today's the day the Lord has made. We're rejoicing. We are glad in that. Today's the day that, um, well, it's Monday, the 24th of February, 2020. I'm always mindful when I say the year that it's the year of the Lord. And I'm always then reminded of the commitments that I make at the beginning of the year to actually acknowledge that it's the year of the Lord and not just any other year. Um, It's not the year, I mean, you know, there's, There's lots of people, billions of them, in fact, around the world who think that, you know, it's the year of the rat or the year of the rooster or the year of the monkey. It is, in fact, the year of the Lord. And so um, every day when we wake up anew and we consider the day right? today, February the 24th, 2020, this is the year of the Lord. And today is the day the Lord has made in the midst of the year of the Lord. So how am I giving the Lord his due today? This is his day and this is his year. And so whatever else is going on, let's be sure that we pause and consider that this is the day the Lord has made, that he is sovereign in it, that he is Lord over it, that I am his in the midst of it, and that this is also the year of the Lord. This is the year of the Lord's favor. Consider that for just a moment. 2020 is the year of the Lord. And so, um, you know, I don't know, we're six or seven weeks into the year. Let's ask ourselves, good time to just ask ourselves, particularly as we approach the season of Lent, it's a couple of days away, starts on Ash Wednesday, you should have a plan for that. Um, We can help you with that. Visit us at MyFaithRadio.com. We can help you get a Lenten plan together. Um, I'm going to be posting a Lenten devotional at ReconnectWithCarmen.com every day of Lent, actually starting tomorrow, because I feel like, you know, you like need a warm up. Um, And so uh, this is the year of the Lord. This is the day that the Lord has made. How are you rendering it unto him as such? How are you rendering today unto the Lord as his, as the day that he has made? Uh, so um, today's also the day. This is really what this is. This is the promo I wanted to do <laughs> I had to find a way into it. There you go. So today is also the day that the Free Burma Rangers movie is, is, is just a two-day movie event. It's a fathom movie event. We talked about it on February the 11th when Dave Eubank um, who's featured in the film and who started the Free Burma Rangers organization um, and is on the ground outside of Idlib, Syria, right now, tending to the flow of new refugees who are displaced from Idlib um, by attacks upon their city. Um, so today's the day. Today's the day to go see the Free Burma Rangers movie, either today or tomorrow. It's just a two-day movie event. Please check it out. Please consider checking it out. I don't get any, um, There's you know, there's no I have no financial reward for doing this. I just believe there's a great kingdom reward in all of us knowing what God is doing in the world through guys like Dave Eubank and his family. I just feel like there's an advantage to you and I knowing that God has got people literally on the front lines changing the world. It's inspiring. It's encouraging. Um, So let's support them by at least going to see the film or check out the website FreeBurmaRangers.org. If you type in Free Burma Rangers movie, you're going to find the Fathom event uh, movie in your area. You put your zip code in, that whole whole deal. All right, I'm going to see it tomorrow, so I won't have an update uh, for you on my experience until Wednesday. But you could go tonight, and then you could, like, you know, let me know in advance. All right, up next, Paula Nelson. Today is Monday, and so for Paula, it is Sweet Monday, but every day is actually Sweet Monday for Paula. We're going to talk about Project Cupcake and Sweet Monday up next. All right, joining me now, Paula Nelson from Sweet Monday. You can check out what we're talking about today at sweetmonday.org. Paula, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Good morning, Carmen. What a joy. What a joy to have you um, have you with us today. Um, first of all, let's just share with folks, what is Sweet Monday and how have you seen God use this ministry to you know connect women for fellowship and discipleship? Yes,
2: uh, well, when was the last time you were invited to something fun, Carmen, and you didn't have to RSVP, you didn't have to stop by the store and bring something disguised as homemade, you didn't have to change your clothes, and you could leave your wallet at home? Um, every how day, did you, now, I, wait a second,
0: so how, yeah. how did, the the disguise, the disguise something as homemade part, I feel like maybe <laughs> you have seen me take a uh, a tray or a dish from my own house and, you know, carry it very non-discreetly into the grocery store and, like, you know, filled it up. Uh, so, I, yeah, I feel like you've I feel like you've lived with me a little bit, Paula. You're right. Well, uh, it it is unusual to be invited to something where we don't have to RSVP, we don't have to bring anything, we don't we don't have to get all dressed up, and we don't have to like study in advance for a lesson. So, talk with us about um, what's unique then about the Sweet Monday invitation.
2: Right, Sweet Monday is. Um just a great opportunity for women to connect because in our culture and society, every day women are lonely and discouraged and disconnected because of this broken world that we live in and we're moving more and more towards isolation. So Sweet Monday is really a network of women who are serving our local communities by inviting their neighbors and friends into their homes intentionally once a month to build healthy relationships and connect women to the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ. So we offer um, cookies or something sweet. We offer a sweet connection with other women and we offer Christ. Um, And it's guilt-free and no commitment because women are busy these days. And um, the Bible tells us to encourage each other and spur one another on to love and good deeds. And a lot of us don't have time for that. So Sweet Monday takes one Monday a month or one day a month to intentionally invite friends and neighbors into our homes um, to connect with each other, to share the gospel, and just encourage each other.
0: So how would, um, how would I find a Sweet Monday near me? Um, and then maybe if I say to myself, you know what, uh, that's actually the kind of thing I'd love to do. I'd love to figure out how to open my home and just genuinely invite people in to this kind of a thing. So either how do I find a Sweet Monday near me or how do I become a hostess for a Sweet Monday?
2: That's a great question. Well, our website offers all the answers to that. So to find a Sweet Monday, there's a a simple uh, search find a Sweet Monday near me, and you can put in your zip code and find if there is a Sweet Monday in your neighborhood. And if there's not, there's a link right there to go ahead and start a Sweet Monday or learn more about hosting a Sweet Monday. And one of our um, mottos for our hostesses is to keep it so simple, you never dread it. We don't want people to dread um, inviting people into their home. So we purposely just serve one dessert, it can, and it can be store bought, Carmen. It does not have to be homemade. Um, the point is not in the dessert. The point is in the connection, and the point is in sharing encouragement and the gospel truth with women. Um, so becoming a hostess is really an easy thing. And our our uh, website is there. We have tools on our website to encourage and equip women um, that they can to also be a hostess. But we we exist. For that purpose, we want women to use their homes and their hospitality to reach out to other women for Christ.
0: Okay, so all you do is you go to SweetMonday.org, and um, right now on the slider, when you get there, the first thing that's going to pop up is Project Cupcake, and Paula and I are going to talk about that in just a moment. But if you click over one, uh, one, one slider shot from there at SweetMonday.org, find a Sweet Monday is what pops up. You uh, You type your zip code into the little location box, and you hit search. And if you're like me, uh, a Sweet Monday location is going to appear. It's going to populate right there on the screen. Um, If it doesn't appear, you could either change your search parameters or you could say to yourself, hmm, maybe I need to start one of these. Maybe I need to become a hostess. Um, And then how do I do that? Well, you would go back uh, to the page and you would say, click on the Become a Hostess page. Anyway, all of that is at SweetMonday.org. Paula Nelson and I are going to take a very brief break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Project Cupcake and how people can get involved in this Sweet Monday project. We'll be right back.
1: If I should
0: speak, then be of the grace that is greater than all my sin of Continuing my conversation with Paula Nelson from Sweet Monday. You can check out what we're talking about right now at sweetmonday.org. All right, Paula, you happen to know that I was attracted to Sweet Monday through Project cupcake um through which I was uh i I've been exposed to it i have I have gotten my free bags and my little things that I put my cupcakes in. I have gone and set cupcakes on the porch of my neighbor like I have used it as an entry point to conversation, so share with people this absolutely delightful um very easy to do and very, very effective tool that you guys are providing. So introduce us to Project Cupcake.
2: Yes, well this is Sweet Monday's 25th anniversary year and we wanted to find a way to Um, invite other women to participate in Sweet Monday, even if there wasn't a Sweet Monday in their area, or if there weren't a hostess, that they could participate in that connection and um, fulfill really the vision of Sweet Monday, which is creating opportunities for women to connect with each other. And who doesn't love a cupcake? Who wouldn't be touched by the sweet gesture of having one personally delivered? So we thought, what a great tool for women to take these empty project cupcake bags, fill them with cupcakes, fill them with a treat, cookies, um, whatever is appropriate for their neighbor, and cross front lawns, cross party lines, and ring the doorbell and get to know your neighbor. You know the um, the the law. The, the Jesus summed up the great greatest commandment and loving God and loving your neighbor. What better way to love our neighbor and to love our neighbor, we need to know our neighbor. So Project Cupcake is just an entry point into that where we can um, make the world a sweeter place by getting to know our neighbor, connecting with them and building that friendship and relationship.
0: All right, so for many of you who are listening in our live listening um areas, you're going to you're going to go onto the sweetmonday.org website and you're going to um put in your zip code or your city and you're going to say, hey, there's actually not a Sweet Monday location near me. Can I still participate in Project Cupcake? Yeah, that is kind of the point. So the Project exactly. Cupcake opportunity is, you know, short of you just saying, hey, right out of the box, I want to become a hostess for Sweet Monday. This is actually a way of you using something that Sweet Monday is offering called Project Cupcake to just initiate those sweet conversations with your neighbors, to actually get us back back to the place where we re-engage with our neighbors um, in a way that is really simple um, and literally really sweet um, it's also notable Paula that a muffin fits exactly in the same space as a cupcake and so for my coffee and muffin people and my you know right this is a great coffee and muffin opportunity as well as a cupcake opportunity um, I love the design of the little bag it's really fun it's really attractive uh, i just want to encourage people this is literally a a a delightful way to help people taste and see that the Lord is good. Um, what else do you want to tell us about Project Cupcake?
2: Well, just like Samaritan's Purse uses the shoeboxes at Christmas to reach, um, to fill with with treats for children in other countries, this is an opportunity for you to reach people on your street right where you are um to go out with with the love of christ and reach your neighbors just right where you are and it doesn't have to be homemade again we like to keep it so simple you never dread it um if you're not a cupcake or muffin person you can flip the insert upside down you can put cookies in it and if someone doesn't is diabetic maybe you put uh you know, something more appropriate for them in that bag. The idea, again, isn't about what's in the bag. It's about that connection you make on the front porch when you ring their doorbell. And it's intentional, just one of those opportunities that you think, you know, I've been meaning to reach that neighbor. I've been meaning to contact them and see how they're doing, or maybe they're new to your neighborhood. It is a great tool to use to connect um, right where we are and combat the loneliness epidemic that is going on in our country and make the world a sweeter place.
0: Okay. I love our listeners. You're going to appreciate this. We've had a listener who's texted in and who says, if there's not a sweet Monday in your community, you guys could check out Holy Donuts in Wisconsin. There's a kid who started this little business and he's, anyway, so that's kind of fun. Like, right? This op this fun. Right, right. So this, um, this, and and I also have people texting and say, "Is there anything like this for men?" Okay, you could start it. This is not right. Mm-hmm. This is not complicated. Like, don't overthink this, people. We are literally talking about helping other people taste and see that the Lord is good by extending a just a small little act of um, uh, of grace. Right. It's the extension of grace. It's it's a it breaks down the barrier. Um, and there's no reason that a man can't take cupcakes or muffins or donuts or cookies or oh Paul says bacon um uh, yeah there's no there, there's no reason that you cannot um use this as an opportunity just have a little bit of fun um break down that barrier what we're trying to really encourage people to do is get to the place where we're less isolated and we begin to know our neighbors again so you know maybe every single one of us doesn't have a front porch or a front yard where we can try that like turquoise picnic table approach from that from that one gal we've talked to. This is a little bit different than that, right? This is actually you uh, going to sweetmonday.org, getting your free uh, bag that this goes in. They've already produced it for you. It's really pretty. Um, ordering uh, ordering one or many of those, and then actually filling it up and. Taking the physical steps to go and meet your neighbors and and say, you know, hey, I just I just want you know, I just want to share this with you. It's not complicated, people. We're literally just trying to get to the place where we will walk across the street um, or even just go next door. So um, talk about uh, Paula, talk a little bit about the, the loneliness and isolation people are experiencing today and how the Sweet Monday approach both through the Sweet Monday groups that meet on on Monday nights, but also through things like Project Cupcake, how we are really trying to sort of restore that old fashioned front porch connection.
2: Right in days gone by, you know, there was a custom of taking cookies to that new neighbor, or you know, or when a you pie, moved in. <clears throat> or a pie, or just <laughs> purposely connecting. And and really, our culture um, is moving more toward. Online connection and online friends and women are busy, And especially in the wintertime. We come home. We go in our garage. We shut the garage door and we don't come out again um, and until spring, <laughs> it feels like. <laughs> and I met some a neighbor yesterday who just moved into the neighborhood and she said in their last neighborhood, they lived there seven years and only knew three of their neighbors. And so it really is... Um, becoming harder and harder to make connections without being intentional. And so Sweet Monday is just about being intentional and um, opening your home. It doesn't have to be perfect. Your floor doesn't have to be vacuumed. Women feel comfortable. And men, when they come into a home that's lived in, that's warm, and it's really about an open heart, Carmen, as much as it is about an open home, we open our heart to the people around us and ask to be a vessel that God can use to share the love of Christ with others. And he brings people and and connects people. And women really are hungry for that connection. People are looking for ways to connect. And Sweet Monday is just a great avenue for that.
0: I really appreciate um, your efforts to not only do this, um, be a hostess for Sweet Monday, but also equip the rest of us through wonderful things like Project Cupcake. So we want to send everybody to SweetMonday.org. Paula Nelson, thanks so much for um, sweetening our day. Thank you for having me, Carmen. Have a sweet Monday. You have a sweet Monday as well. We'll be right back. Okay, you guys seem overwhelmingly concerned that Sweet Monday just sounds like something for women. Um, it is. It, Sweet Monday uh, is actually for women. But, okay, guys, here are some ideas for you. <clears throat> so, those of you who live in, in, uh, in Wisconsin, you guys should definitely check out HolyDonuts.net. So, these guys will bring the Holy Donuts food truck. Like, you don't even have to put the bag together. They will bring the Holy Donuts food truck to your street. There you go. I actually know some guys who have invited uh, a food truck. To their street as a gathering point for other guys on a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday afternoon. Like, right, you could have a taco truck come in um, and you could, you know, you could foot the bill. All right. So and that might sound kind of expensive and something you uh, you don't want to do. Let me just tell you, guys follow food trucks. I don't know what it is. Maybe they were like, you know, uh, like, oh, it's
1: it's you food. Wrong. What it's more wrong do you to need liken to them to
0: Pavlov dogs. Right. And the ringing of that bell as a as an ice cream truck drives down the street. Food trucks have that same appeal for guys. I don't really know why. but it's invite It's food, food, Carmen. It's food.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> what else do you need I to know? know. <laughs> I know. See, exactly. So invite a food truck to your street. Send out a little, you know, a little blast email or whatever, or just play some loud music. That'll get people out of their houses and onto the street. Invite them out to the food truck. It's a way to, to meet your neighbors, get some fellowship going. Um, support a local small business Um, another great idea for guys um, that I have seen work in in neighborhoods as well um, is to actually project a game that's on that you'd be watching inside. Project it on your um, garage door in your driveway. Set up your lawn chairs. Have like a tailgate right there in your own driveway. Um, and let the, let the gathering um, sort of happen organically and spontaneously. People will gather to watch something on your garage door, and they'll bring their own snacks. So there you go. There's some opportunities for guys to create this kind of fellowship as well. All right. So it's not just fellowships, not just for girls. All right. There you go. Um, I should be talking about something else. My next guest is David Aikman, editor of Godspeed magazine. He and I are going to do our weekly or have our weekly conversation about what's going on around the globe. We are certainly going to talk about the coronavirus. We're going to talk about the president's visit uh, right now to India. And we're going to talk about elections for the Iranian parliament. That's going on next here on Mornings with Carmen.
1: This is Max Lakato, Perhaps standing before you is a wall of fear, brick upon brick of anxiety and dread. Haunting you are the kings of confusion. Thanks to them, you've struggled with your identity and destiny. You've bought the lie that life has no purpose, that life has no absolutes. As a child of God, it comes down to a simple decision to believe and receive your position as an heir of God and co-heir with Christ. In this world, we are like Christ. Jesus. Our inheritance is every bit as abundant as that of Jesus himself. What he receives, we receive. What message are you carving on that wall of fear? What words are you writing? Choose hope, not despair. Choose life, not death. Choose God's promises. You are a new person. Live like one. Because God's promises are unbreakable, our hope is unshakable. This is Max Locato.
3: My name is Bond, James Bond.
0: All right, joining me now, Dr. David Aikman. He is editor of Godspeed Magazine. Welcome back, sir.
3: Thank you very much, climate.
0: So I just want to lead off with uh, the president of the United States is making a very, very quick trip to to the nation of India. Um, First of all... uh, let me just ask you, he, he did uh, or is doing a sunset tour of the Taj Mahal. That sounds lovely. I don't think you can go to India yeah. and skip, skip the Taj Mahal. So have you ever been to the Taj Mahal? Um, maybe that would be our starting question. And then what do you think of Namaste Trump?
3: Well, um, I, it's great to be president of the United States because if you, if, if you have a particular site you want to see somewhere in the world, you're almost certainly going to be able to do it. So, I suppose this might be a lifelong wish for his wife Melania, as well as himself, Trump, to visit the Taj Mahal, and they're having a chance to do that.
0: Yeah, it's a. It's really an, an extraordinary thing. So we just don't want our listeners, you know, to miss that. I do think that when. Uh, whenever we we hear words like "Namaste" and we recognize that um, we are talking about a nation in this case India that's operating from a very very different worldview than those of us um, who uh, operate out of a judeo christian worldview and it's just always an uh, an interesting point to take note of and be sure that we you know we acknowledge that we are talking about a fundamentally different kind of uh, social system and political system as well. So just wanted to highlight that. I know, David, that you and I want to talk about what's going on um, uh, with China and Hong Kong. It has been a while since we have talked about Hong Kong. Give us an update. Well,
3: the of course, the thing on the minds of people in Hong Kong has been the spread of the coronavirus. And people have died in Hong Kong as well as the Philippines. And I think Hong Kong probably currently is one of the highest death rates outside China, or at least outside the mainland. So uh, that's a fairly serious thing. And, of course, if we're talking about the virus, The biggest explosion of the infection has occurred in Italy and Iran and even in Israel. The interesting thing that people might, particularly our listeners, might like to know about the the virus outbreak in Israel is that it occurred as a result of visits by Largely Christian tourists in East Asia, from Hong Kong, uh, from South Korea, particularly South Korea. And they seem to have brought a fairly large amount of infection into Israel because they wanted to see, of course, sites in the Holy Land and particularly also to see the West Bank. And of course what also happened is that there's been a, a real explosion of infections in Iran. So there are parts of the Middle East which are coming into the forefront of the uh, of the contagion of the coronavirus at this point and I I think it's going to be a long time before the world actually Gets control of this uh, probably
0: several months. So, when we talk about the uh, the spread of the coronavirus, I do think we have reached the stage, David, where um, people are using the word at least global emergency. If they're not using the word pandemic, Uh, we have seen a serious rise in the number of cases in Iran. Um, And so let's pivot. I know that there are some other subjects you and I are going to discuss, but let's pivot to Iran, because when I typed in Iran this morning just to check on, you know, headlines that you and I were going to talk about, what popped first were these cases of the coronavirus and a number of deaths in a particular city related to that. Um, That's actually not the subject that you and I were going to talk about. So let's pivot to Iran and let's talk about their parliamentary elections.
3: Right. Well, the. The first thing to notice is, is that the turnout in the Iranian election, and this is according to Iranian government figures, is the lowest of the Islamic uh, Revolution in 1979. It was about 52 percent, and one of the reasons for that is that the Guardian Council, which is the sort of central committee of the Islamic Republic's regime can decide which candidates are allowed to run and which are not allowed to run. And many of the moderate candidates, or particularly those who strongly oppose the regime in demonstrations that took place late last year, were not allowed even to stand in the election. So there's a great deal of discontent in Iran which has shown up in the elections because uh, basically in the form of a low, low uh, turnout of electors, wanting to vote.
0: So, David, let's, um, let's take a very brief break. When we come back, let's stay in the Middle East. Let's talk about the U.S.-Taliban agreement. And then I would love to have an update from you on what is going on in Syria, particularly in relationship to the city of Idlib. I am talking with David Aikman. He is the editor of Godspeed Magazine. We'll be right back.
1: You me,
0: Continuing my conversation with David Aikman, editor of Godspeed Magazine. Uh, David, let's, uh, let's stick with uh, the Middle East here. Give us an update on what is happening uh, in the conversations between the U.S. and the Taliban have we reached uh, an agreement, and is there an actual reduction in violence? Um, I mean, are we actually seeing evidence that it's working, that it's holding?
3: That's a good question. Uh, people have been waiting in suspense to see whether these final talks between the U.S. and Taliban will take place on, uh, uh, on the... Um, leap year day, or leap year end of um, February 29, and there is quite a a reasonable chance that the Taliban will agree to allow the Americans to withdraw without attacking them as they withdraw. But the important thing about this agreement is whether the Taliban will agree to Reduce or or stop altogether its assaults on the official Afghan government of Afghani, and that uh, that question has apparently not been decided.
0: So, David, you and I have uh, have touched on this this topic before. Um, the question of the united states actually entering into negotiations and reaching an agreement with those against whom we fought for so very long um maybe Sorry. let's just re- revisit that subject for just a moment that that is really hard for some people to um kind of get their minds around how is it that sometimes um the best we can do is to make peace with with those with whom we vehemently and have violently disagreed.
3: Right, of course, because as most of your listeners will remember, the United States went into Afghanistan a couple of months after the 9-11 attacks on New York and Washington in uh, 2001 and had been deeply involved in hostilities with the Taliban ever since then. So it's really a question whether the Americans and the Taliban rebels can ever agree to some kind of peace resolution that allows the Americans to leave, which is the policy of the Trump administration, and also prevents the Afghan government forces to have some leeway and some kind of uh, rest being attacked.
0: Speaking of um, places where people are under attack, uh, I know that you and I have not not lost sight of what is happening in Syria, but, you know, our attention as Christians and people in the West um, pivots, like, right, we just pivot to the most urgent crisis. And so we've probably been paying closer attention to What's happening uh, in China and developments related to the coronavirus, and we have taken our eye off of Syria. Tell us what is happening in Idlib um, and where those displaced people are going.
3: Well, the Idlib crisis is really serious. I mean, there are approximately a million Syrians who are stuck in Idlib and are. In great danger of being attacked by the forces loyal to President Bashar Assad of Syria, along with his assistants, the Russian troops, and particularly Russian aircraft. There have been a number of programs on the BBC recently revealing how desperate the condition is for civilians who are in Idlib province having flags from other parts of the northwest of Syria, which have been under attack by the regime forces, and real serious accusations that the Russians have been indiscriminately bombing hospitals and medical centers in the city of Idlib, which, of course, is a war crime. Many of these refugees, indicating how desperate the situation has become, not only for adults but particularly for children uh, who are especially under threat as this war seems to wind down towards its conclusive end with an attack on the last pocket of rebel forces which are
0: in Italy province. David, it, it it's frankly a little bit hard to remember what the issues were when this civil war started and and are are the current um are these current attacks, I mean, are they still related to the same subject matter and topic or you know, has this really evolved over time?
3: Well Essentially, this started in 2011 with the beginning of the so-called Arab Spring. The word spring being used to indicate not just the change in weather, but the change in the political climate and the belief that the Arab world, especially in its authoritarian countries, was going to a radical um, change to more democratic procedures. But unfortunately, the Arab Spring, Well, I thought this from the beginning, I thought it was absolutely doomed, because I did not think any of these regimes would allow a, a genuine display of democratic resistance to flourish while they were still in charge. And so we weren't going to see any regime changes through that process. But then the whole civil war in Syria has been complicated by the fact that the Turks are very concerned about Syrian forces approaching the border of Turkey in Syria and actually recently attacking the Syrian government attacking and killing Syrian troops, uh, to which the Turks recently responded. I think a day or so ago, they responded with a a violent counterattack against Syrian government forces. So you've got the real danger of a major conflict between Syria and Turkey and the involvement of the Russians because they are supporting to the hilt the whole Syrian regime.
0: Okay, as a matter of, of prayer and concern today, uh, then let us all be um, be focusing our, our prayerful attention on this community, this city, this province called Idlib. It's in northern Syria. It is right. the last remaining stronghold um, where there have been people, uh, forces opposed to President Bashar al-Assad and the Syrian government forces have been um, uh, essentially clearing out the city of its 900,000 to a million residents, mostly women and children at this point, um, using That's the true. help of Iranian-backed militias and Russian airstrikes. These people are desperate. They're yeah. on the run. It's the, it's the middle of winter um, and they are unsheltered, and they're fleeing for their lives. So this is, um, this is a humanitarian crisis, and this is, uh, you know, certainly of global concern to us all. Dr. Aikman, thank you, well, as always, for joining us and um, helping us have, you know, frankly, a righteous perspective on what's happening around the world.
3: Good to come, and thank you so much for uh, inviting me on the program.
0: Absolutely. We'll be right back. Okay, so it was just uh, February 11th, really not that long ago, when Dave Eubank was here on the show with us. He um, has an organization called Free Burma Rangers. We've been talking about it because tonight and tomorrow night, uh, Fathom Events is going to be uh, offering the Free Burma Rangers movie in your area. All you do is go to fathomevents.com, and you'll find um, a connection there to to the movie tonight and tomorrow night. Um, We have an update from Dave Eubank. You will remember that when we talked with him uh, on February 11th, he was already in uh, Idlib. He was already um, serving the refugees who were fleeing the violence there. Uh, And there are reports and updates from him um, on the Free Burma Rangers website. And so if you go to FreeBurmaRangers.org and look up there at the top for reports, you're going to get to see a video of a report um, on the ground just from today in Idlib uh, province where they are literally helping people um, run for their lives, right? That That is what's going on. Um, and so this primary frontline assistance is being provided by our brothers and sisters in Christ, Dave Eubank and others re- uh, involved with Free Burma Rangers and other ministries as well. And so let's be mindful of la- that. Let's be encouraging them. Let's be praying for them today, even as we walk our faith out into the world that God so loves in the communities across The United States of America. All right, friends, that's all we've got today. Grab the podcast later and share it with someone new. MyFaithRadio.com. Have a great day and God bless. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.